Chapter Twenty Nightmare The doe tilted her head where it rested, lax and trusting, on Gwen's leg. Gwen stroked her ear with his fingers, looked at the herd of red deer that were grazing or resting nearby. His back was braced against a sturdy, ancient beech, attended by a shy, furtive dryad who had sprung out of sight as soon as she'd seen him. He wasn't interested in interacting with her, and as long as he didn't harm her tree, something he had no intention of doing, she would leave him be. The doe inched closer, leaning her head into his hand, staring up with a limpid, dark gaze. It had been some time since he'd called forest animals to him to see who would heed his call. A long time since he had simply spent time like this, still and quiet, contemplative. Usually he did it to unwind, but there was a bitter, black tension inside of him, and it would not unravel. He kept the discordance quiet enough that the deer were not frightened, but it was unusual for only a single deer to respond to his call when he allowed his energy to spool out around him. This doe, she was unusually calm, perhaps a little touched by fey magic herself. He traced the grain of her pelt, scratched the underside of her ear, leaned his head back against the beach, and stared out into the distance. Pitch hadn't wanted to tell him anything. The visit itself had been remarkably tense. Pitch had realized almost immediately how enmeshed Gwen was with August, could skim it off the top of his fears, and Gwen had, for many reasons, always been uncomfortable with those who could read emotions. Empaths, readers, others who understood how to see into a mass of feeling and pull out the truth. Pitch's expression as he regarded Gwen was one that Gwen had seen in his life before, and he didn't appreciate seeing it from Pitch. Before you judge me, I must speak with you on a matter relating to the nightmaking. Specifically, what do you remember of all this time in captivity? Before I judge you, Pitch had seethed. You are lucky that Jack isn't here. I'd not tolerate you in this house otherwise. Let's just recall, shall we, that August tortured him and— And so, Gwen said coldly, and so I have murdered people and forced cannibalism upon them and raped August myself. Evict me from your home if you must— but at least do it on my own actions alone, and not the actions of August. Pitch absorbed the information and grimaced, mouth expressing a sharp distaste. Gwen wanted to needle at him, wanted to say, Am I not who you thought I was then? But he couldn't bring himself to. He'd always respected Pitch, always respected his ability to separate himself from the darkness that twisted within him even once the shadows were gone. He'd admired him. He'd wanted to be admired and in the absence of that admiration, Gwen was not above saying what he needed to say to find out the truth. I will not speak of that time in this house, Pitch said finally, and stood up swiftly, directing a look at Gwen which plainly said that their friendship, such as it had been, was damaged, perhaps gone. Gwen followed, swallowing down the tightness in his chest, forcing himself to focus. It had been too long that he'd let this go too long that he'd avoided confronting this reality. It was the mark of a coward to use something so willingly against August to defeat him, to be so reluctant to discover for himself what the awful truth of it all actually was. "'I want more this time,' Gwen said, as Pitch closed the front door behind him and set off in the direction of the woods, Gwen following, thinking that perhaps he should have dressed for snow. He didn't have Pitch's immunity to extremes of temperature.' 
I am not sure how the sordid details of that period will help you. It's not up to you to decide what will help me or not, Gwen said. It's up to me. I have a damaged bay in my custody, and— In your bed, Pitch said, and Gwen's teeth ground together. Let's make no mistake here, King. This has nothing to do with your custody of your prisoner of war. This is personal. Gwen said nothing for a couple of minutes as they headed out away from Jack's giant frost home, more sculpture than abode, and angled downhill toward a dense stand of trees. Spring was showing signs of awakening the land. Buds clung to the ends of branches. A tiny new leaf unfurled above Gwen's head as he looked up. It is personal, Gwen said. If you are concerned that August might some day free himself, might some day come after you or Jack, I do not think you need to fear this. No, you aren't afraid of that, are you? Pitch said, his voice changing from outright hostility to something else, something quieter. I need to know, Gwen said. I know he was captive for over a year. I know that he did not desire the Nightmare King's attention. I know that he was a very different fay before the Nightmare King attacked him. But I would like to know the nature of that captivity. I wish to know what the Nightmare King did. You were the only one I can ask, now that he was gone. I know you do not like to think of it, however. One thing you have to understand about the Nightmare King is that he didn't often take personal prisoners. Very few individuals piqued his interest. He was more interested in mass destruction than picking off the vulnerable. What was a single person to a populated planet? I am not interested in the psychology of the Nightmare King. I want to know what he did to August. Stop evading the subject and answer me. Pitch stopped abruptly, then turned with the slow promise of someone who had come to a decision. Very well, Pitch said, but you will regret asking this of me. Now, hours later, Gwen sat in a forest more readily awakened to the coming of spring, and the deer offered him a margin of solace. He thought of August back in the steely court, closed his eyes. He wasn't ready to go back. If he went back, he would have to confront the fact that he'd used that past against August, knowing hardly anything about it. As it was, his mind was taken up with sober thoughts. Could they have done something sooner? Why didn't anyone do anything about him being missing for an entire year? August had never taken a sabbatical like that before, had never wanted to leave his home for so long. Everyone knew that. Even Gwen, a soldier of the Seely Fay. Even he had known that. They had failed him utterly. No one had looked, except, perhaps, Ash. A growing reputation amongst the Fae, in favor with those of the court, and no one had tried. And August had been broken, down in the dark. Pitch didn't remember a great deal, and Gwen believed him. But what he remembered, what details had come to him over time, made Gwen realize that he needed to understand more. He would see August and want to ask. And August would... That would not go down well. Understandably. Gwen pressed a thumb and forefinger into his closed eyelids, staving off the burning wetness he felt there. The doe nosed gently at his forearm, sensing his distress, and he brought his other hand around and soothed her muzzle. He was being self-indulgent, sitting here, finding the sucker of animal company. He hadn't earned this. The day wasn't yet done. He could not close the box he had opened and give himself closure. He lowered his hand from his eyes and stroked a smooth line down the curve of the doe's neck. He 
he liked deer. They could be fierce, they could be fleet. He felt his heart calm after spending time with them. Darling, Gwen said quietly, thank you for your company, but you may join your herd again now, if you wish. The doe lifted her muscular neck and pushed the bridge of her nose into his chest, puffing out a single, stubborn breath. He laughed a rising sound of quiet delight, cupped her face in his hands, stroked fingers along her chin. You are not like the others, are you? May your young be strong and well-formed, perfect, brave mirrors of their mother. Gwen often forgot that he could offer benedictions like that. A long tongue rasped around his wrist in thanks, and then the doe lifted her head and turned her liquid eyes back to her herd. She swung back to stare at him, a long moment of shared connection, then walked calmly back to her kin. A short while later the herd disappeared, drifting further out into the forest until Gwen could sense them, but could no longer see them. He stood and pressed his palm to the beech tree, hoping the dryad hadn't been too bothered by his presence. Forest spirits usually let him be, but this was a pocket of woodland he'd been unfamiliar with, and he hoped he'd made a good impression. After all, he hadn't done much more than sit there and think. Gwen sighed. Hard conversations were ahead. "'I visited Pitch today,' Gwen said, by way of greeting. August looked up from the bolt of dark, water-fay-friendly fabric he was inspecting. His nostrils flared once, his pupils had dilated, but otherwise nothing betrayed his fear. "'You're just in time,' August said, finally. "'Do you see what I have to go through, reordering shirts that you keep ripping off me? Honestly, buttons, Gwen, do remember that they have a function.' August turned back to the tro, who was staring shyly between the two of them. He held up four fingers, indicating the number he wanted, and the tro nodded eagerly and quickly ran off. Despite her small size, she managed the large bolt of cloth easily. "'We employed servants in the uncivy court,' August mused, "'and you have trows. I—' "'They're employed,' Gwen said, forehead furrowing. "'They are paid. Why did you think otherwise?' August looked surprised, and then frowned. "'Aren't trows often used for servitude? They are willing to work for free, after all.' "'I'm aware,' Gwen said, disturbed. "'Was that what everyone thought?' that the troes were indentured? It was true that the vast majority of troes worked for free, but they weren't like brownies or other forms of sprite who left as soon as they were paid for their work. The troes appreciated the reimbursement for their services. He'd even had two go on extended holidays, never to return. People didn't talk to him about the troes. There was a faint disapproval from some of the court, who thought that the seely servants should be comelier, but Gwen liked them. They were private, resourceful, and not prone to gossip. "'You pay them?' August said, staring at him, and Gwen tried to keep his body language open, easy. Spending time in the forest had awoken his senses, and he could smell August's fear. But Gwen didn't want to let this go so easily. August would never talk about it, not without someone leaning hard on the other end. He understood that about August. He understood that about himself. "'August,' Gwen said, just answer me one thing, honestly. Were you given reason to be afraid of the dark? August laughed lightly. It was a scathing, derisive sound, and would not have been out of place amongst those members of the court who vied for higher positions, who gossiped as though it was the only thing to do in the court itself. Please, I was born in the black murk of a lake, Gwen. Do you think there is a single darkness out there that can frighten me? Gwen frowned. Perhaps it was true. 
August surprised him in how well he took difficulties in his stride. But in this, he suspected that his own instincts were right. He cast his mind for a location, and then stepped forwards decisively, grasping August by the arms before August realized what was happening. They dissolved into light. They formed into an inky blackness, a tunnel at the bottom of a deep well. The location was still, empty, filled entirely with darkness. There was no way to navigate in this dry, black space, except by touch and scent. August's reaction was instant. His breathing stilled in his chest. He started shaking. August gasped as though there was no air in the oppressive space, struck out hard at Gwen. There was a surprising amount of strength behind the blow, and August got free. Gwen tensed to run, but August didn't flee. He made a thin, plaintive sound that shredded at something in Gwen's chest, and then he fell to the dirt floor beneath him. Gwen crouched in an instant, feeling out for August, swallowing when he found him, a huddled mass on the ground, arms up and over his face, hands digging into his own head. His breathing was an uneven rasp. Gasps were followed by nothing at all, the sound of someone holding their breath for as long as they could bear. He trembled violently. Gwen winced and grasped August, hating the uncoordinated way that August pushed weakly at him, hating the moan of denial that had, Gwen knew, nothing to do with him at all. He teleported them back to August's room. He expected August to get up straight away, to be outraged, but August stayed on the ground in the same position. He hunched in on himself further. I apologize, Gwen said. He had wanted to be wrong. He had wanted, very much, for his suspicions to be wrong. When August didn't move, he smoothed his hand over August's back. It was easier now, after having spent time in the forest. It was easier to find his way in this. He felt August's heart rate, the unsteadiness of it a frightening thing. It wasn't just faster, it skipped beats. August didn't move, barely breathed. Gwen sat down properly, stretching his legs out alongside August brushing fingers softly over the bits of damp hair that weren't being clutched in August's fingers. He waited, watched. How long had it taken, he wondered, before August had been driven to insanity? Weeks? Months? Not the full year, surely. Are you happy now? August managed, and Gwen closed his eyes. No. Seeing me like this, August added, and then his hands flexed and trembled above his head. How dare you? How dare you? Gwen had expected retaliation from the very moment that he had realized August was terrified of the dark. August's body uncoiled with a snap, and he launched himself at Gwen, claws striking out for his eyes, his throat. Gwen caught his wrists quickly and held them firm, and August struggled against him before sagging. His head was bowed towards the ground. He refused to look at Gwen, his hair hiding his expression. "'I apologize,' Gwen said again. "'But you lied to me, August. You lied about this. I only wanted to check if it was true.' <laughs> "'Let me go,' August said to the floor. And in that moment, Gwen couldn't tell how present August was. His voice was terrible. They were likely words that August had said many times before, to no avail. He let go of his wrists immediately and August's arms fell, but his hands landed palm-first on the ground. August braced himself. When he looked up, there was something cold and dead in his eyes. 
Gwen hadn't seen that expression on his face before, even in the cell. If you had known, would you have used the shadows against me as you did? You would have, wouldn't you? Olga said, imperiously, despite his position on the ground. Gwen looked away. I would have used them faster, he said, opting for honesty. I would have. Guilt clawed up through him. If he had known this, he would have shoved August into blackness as quickly as he could, and left him there until August pleaded for the cells and emotion and mercy instead. He swallowed. Sometimes he told himself that he would not do these things if he knew how much they truly affected August. But years of training, years of studying under the purview of his father, Gwen knew that it would be a lie. There were things he did not like knowing about himself. Gwen cleared his throat. He could feel August's eyes on him. Do you know, I think you can help me feel better, August said, pushing himself up onto his hands and knees properly and crawling over Gwen's legs, straddling him. One hand came up and rested on his chest, and Gwen told himself that he did not, he did not, feel the urge to submit. How? Oh, Gwen said, and risked glancing at August. There was no expression on his face. It was a blank mask but for the lidded cruelty banked in his green eyes. "'Why would you do that?' August said, and Gwen wasn't sure what he meant. August dug his claws into Gwen's chest, piercing the material of his shirt. Pinpricks of pain became a small flare. His skin was broken. He felt the heat of his own blood seep into his shirt. Gwen swallowed. Once, August had thrust clawed fingers into his abdomen as though skin had been nothing at all. "'August,' Gwen said. A single warning. So I am afraid of the dark. August spat, dragging furrows into Gwen's skin, five lines of fire that spilled stains into Gwen's shirt. August watched them, hypnotized. The corner of his mouth turned up. Fight back. Gwen couldn't. There was a time when there was a time when he would have, but there was a time when he would have thrust August into the dark, and there was a time when he had used the living shadows against him. He didn't want to fight back. The pain at his chest was bearable. The expression on August's face disturbed him. August lashed out with his other hand and punched the inside of Gwen's elbow, causing his arm to buckle. Gwen struggled to catch himself, but August used the momentum to force Gwen's back to the ground. He raised bloodied fingernails, and Gwen jerked backwards when August painted a red stripe down the line of his carotid artery. You could do it now, if you wanted. Leave me in the dark? It wouldn't take long, August said. He slid his hand under Gwen's shirt and watched him, mouth firm, as he dug his claws in again, pierced Gwen's skin by his ribs. Gwen thought he should put a stop to this, but he wondered if it would help. Wondered if... I don't want to leave you in the dark, Gwen said. I would do whatever you wanted, <laughs> August said, laughing under his breath at his own words. Anything you wanted. Gwen swallowed a growing sickness inside of him. We both know it isn't good for me to do anything I want. His attention was drawn to the deliberate way August was carving his skin. His claws were punctuation marks, sharp at the tips, but blunt at the edges. And it was with the blunt sides that August forced his way through Gwen's flesh, spilling blood and watching the stains follow with that same cruelty in the cold cast of his eyes. August's gaze flicked up briefly to Gwen's, and then a starburst of pain rocketed through him where August had dug in a single nail. He cried out, 
voice escaping, even though he was trying to keep himself mastered, under control. Pressure point, Alga said, voice flat. Stop! Gwen managed, and the fingernail stayed for a few seconds longer, and then withdrew. Stop, he says, August muttered to himself. Stop. Interesting. What if I didn't? What then? Would you throw me down into the dark then? Gwen was still trying to catch his breath. His muscles remained locked in place across his left-hand side. He reached out with a hand to dig his fingers in, to unlock the tension himself, and his side was warm with blood. He would live. This was nothing. He'd experienced much worse than this at the hands of his own cousin. The furrows at his chest would be already starting to heal, were already hurting less. Still, as he dug his knuckles into the space between his ribs, above the pressure point, he wondered if he should stop August. But it seemed like... It was the only way to find things out, sometimes, with August. That day, August said quietly, and Gwen shivered when bloodied fingers traced wet marks along his hip bone. That day you coerced Ash into using the shadows against me like that? That day. You were very like him. You were more like him than that empty vessel he left behind. Gwen stared, but August wasn't looking at him. August was concentrating on what he was doing. Do you even know what it feels like? Those shadows? Creeping inside? August dug his claws in harder, sank an inch into flesh, and Gwen hissed, and then got his breathing under control. No, Gwen said, and August looked up at him then, smirked. And it's too late to find someone in Austin nicely to show you. What a shame. Also, you have pressure points here and here. Gwen's head thumped back into the floor, pain stealing the breath from his lungs. August was pressing in just above the jut of his hip bone, triggering something that spread in cramps through his entire abdomen. Fight back, August said crisply. <clears throat> I... I don't want to fight you, Gwen said, and so far he didn't have to. It was only pain. Bad pain, certainly, but only pain. And that always faded, always disappeared. He healed quickly. In a few hours' time, his wounds would be knitted, he would no longer be bleeding. By this time tomorrow, there'd be no sign of what August had done at all. He held on to that, and then choked when August slid a second hand beneath his shirt and dug fingers through his skin directly into multiple pressure points at his ribs. Having the claws touching them directly was completely different to simply having pressure placed on them. Gwen's arms fell to his sides, his hands clenched into fists. "'Fight back!' August demanded, and twisted the fingers at his hip. Gwen moaned, pressed his lips shut. August tortured when he felt tormented. Gwen knew, thought he knew what August was trying to do, and he didn't want to fight back. He didn't want to engage with whatever August was trying to do. But the pain was building, a mind-splintering whiteness that carved out all the words in his head, until he could only remember something August had said to him. Let me go, Gwen gasped. The fingers withdrew from where they'd been pressed into his body, but the pain didn't abate straight away. Gwen raised a shaking hand to the wounds at his hip, and held his palm loosely over them, bleeding against himself. He was striving to even his breathing out. He couldn't forget why he was here in the first place. The things Pitch had told him. The things Gwen had concluded for himself. Gwen didn't want to be August's captor anymore. He didn't want to be anyone's captor. 
he tensed when August wiped his fingers off on a clean patch on Gwen's shirt. "'What, then, do you want from me?' August said, and Gwen pushed himself upright with his other arm, the scent of blood thick around him. "'Why would you want to know these things that happened, if not to control me further?' Gwen stared at him, frowning. "'Is that what you think?' Gwen said, voice rough. August didn't look at him. Gwen pulled himself out from where August straddled him, and then brought his knees up underneath himself so he could crouch on the floor. It was still hard to catch his breath. The wounds at his hip were deep. Moving was painful. He grunted as he placed his hand over them again. He could still feel echoes moving through the pressure points, aftershocks, as though the nerves refused to believe the stimulus was gone. "'I didn't ask so I could find out how to control you,' Gwen said. "'Do you really believe that?' Look where you live now. What status you are. When was the last time I truly tried to exert control over you? We aren't counting the times we bet each other, surely. Does that not go both ways? August still wouldn't look at him, his curtain of hair a frustrating barrier to seeing any expression at all. Gwen had taken a risk in saying what he'd said. He still didn't believe that August truly wanted him. Gwen was available. Gwen represented a margin of what August enjoyed in sexual partners, and Gwen was someone who August enjoyed subjugating. It had very little to do with Gwen himself, and more to do with the role he occupied in August's life as a captor. August said nothing at all, and Gwen stared at him, anguish twisting through him. He hadn't realized that August would interpret his visiting pitch the way that he did. "'August,' Gwen said, "'I went because I wanted to understand you better.' "'Why didn't you fight me?' August said. He sounded confused and tired. Gwen pushed himself upright and groaned. He was bleeding freely. His pants were stained. His clothing was a mess. Gwen placed his least bloody hand on August's shoulder. He curved it around slowly. When he had a decent grasp on August's upper arm, he encouraged him upright. August resisted at first, and then forced his legs under himself. He stood, numb. Gwen tugged him over to the bed, wishing he had something to staunch the bleeding. There were red stains on the floorboard, where blood had trickled over his torso and started to pool on the floor. "'I don't enjoy this,' Gwen said, uncertain if August could hear him. "'The only way I could find pleasure in you being a prisoner was to retreat to something that my family celebrated. I don't want to fight you. Come, sit down properly.' August got onto the bed somehow managing Grace even when he was worn and disengaged from what was happening around him. When August was settled up near the headboards, Gwen looked through August's cupboards until he found a folded blanket. It was plush and made of a material Gwen didn't recognize. He wondered if it was more of the waterfay-friendly fabric that August favored. Gwen unfolded it and looked up at the ceiling when his hip cramped. His hands clenched into fists on the blanket. He paused and resisted the urge to place a hand over the wound again. It wouldn't help. It still hurts you, August murmured, and Gwen shook his head. It's healing. The pain shouldn't be so bad, August said, and Gwen closed his eyes. It wasn't unmanageable, only distracting. He forced his breathing to calmness until the worst of it passed, and then kept unfolding the blanket. He looked over at August as he approached, only to see August looking at him through strands of damp hair. Gwen hesitated. But August didn't say anything, and so Gwen drew the blanket over him carefully. He pulled the edges of it up and folded it around August's sides. I don't want to fight you, 
Gwen repeated. I understand that you don't feel the same way. And I understand why you would not believe me. Gwen got onto the bed and leaned against a post at the base, facing August. I didn't want you to lie to me about this, Gwen said, and then his breathing hitched as his hip flared up again. This time he did knuckle his hand into the wounds, and it helped slightly. It shouldn't be doing that, August said, vexed. But he didn't move, and a few seconds later he lowered his head into his hand. He breathed a low, distressed laugh. <laughs> if I had caught you while I was king, I would have forced the living shadows into you just to see what happened when a light fay encountered such profound darkness. Gwen shuddered. It was something he'd considered before, how his light might respond to such a threat. August stared out into the distance. His face became blank. He unfocused. Gwen frowned, remembering how August did this during difficult times. He shifted closer and placed a tentative hand on his side. Don't disappear, Gwen said, and August blinked several times in quick succession and then looked at Gwen. He looked at the blood smears on his hand, caught under his fingernails, and then at Gwen's shirt, his pants, down at the floor where the floorboards had been smeared with blood. The hip wounds were still bleeding. They'd been deep. Where was that? August said, finally. It took a moment to realize that August meant the place he'd teleported them to. A tunnel, attached to a deep well. I'd been there before. Why? August said. He shuffled over, pulling the blanket more tightly around himself. When his knees were nearly touching Gwen's, he reached his hand out to Gwen's injured hip. Gwen held his breath, uncertain what August intended. But August's fingers didn't dig back into the wounds, instead pressing tentatively into the musculature. It was an impersonal, searching touch. Why? August repeated. A long time ago, I was reading a book on capturing prisoners of war. It was an ancient book when I read it, some old thing that my father had acquired on his travels. He collected books on war and battle. Gwen hissed when August pressed into a point beneath the pressure points. Pain ignited in the wounds themselves, as though August was digging his fingers back in. Gwen grasped August's wrist, but August stilled him, placed fingers that shook with fatigue on the back of his hand. Wait, August said. Continue what you were saying. Gwen took a deep breath, focused on a different time. There was a tale of a pixie who had been captured and trapped beneath the ground, in a tunnel, in a well. He was left, forgotten, a victim of the elemental battle of Arabal. No more than a handful of lines. But I was curious. I searched. August looked up at him, eyes widening. You found him? I liberated him. I found him after a couple months of searching. He was in a damaged state, but to my knowledge he is rehabilitating well, and integrated back with his people. How come I've never heard about this? August said, eyebrows knitting together. Still, he kept up that difficult, still, he kept up that difficult, painful pressure on his hip. The pressure was increasing, too. Every time the pain in his wounds faded, August would press down more. I never told anyone, Gwen said, confused. You read a tale, went on a quest to liberate a stolen pixie that you couldn't be sure existed, spent months doing it, and you didn't tell anyone that you were successful? No, Gwen said, and August's eyes narrowed, as though he'd seen something he didn't know how to accept. August opened his mouth to say something, and then thought the better of it, closed it again. 
After a minute of silence, August slowly released his fingers from Gwen's skin. Gwen breathed a sigh of relief, then closed his eyes and breathed in deeply as he realized the rest of the pain was spooling away. Even the wounds didn't hurt as much any more. "'What did you do?' Gwen said, and August shifted backwards on the bed, crossed his legs, and wrapped the blanket around himself until it was up to his chin. "'Trigger point,' August said, voice muted. The explanation meant nothing to Gwen, but whatever August had done, it had worked. There were no more aftershocks, no more unexpected jags of pain. He was still bleeding, but it felt like a distant thing, hardly noticeable. "'Have you done this before?' liberated Faye. "'Not told anyone about it?' Gwen rubbed a hand over his forehead to try and clear the tension headache that was forming. "'Why does it matter? Do you think I should be using it as social currency? Leverage? If I could have, I would. But it wasn't relevant to anything I was doing at the time, so I didn't.' "'You're still bleeding,' August said, and Gwen resisted the urge to sigh. The last time August had slipped out of catatonia, he'd become like this. It was as though the man who had just been cowering in a tunnel, terrified, didn't exist. It was bewildering. Gwen looked down at his shirt, the scratch marks in the fabric, the blood that had seeped through. It was not a pretty sight. He pulled it out, and it unstuck from his skin, making a wet sound as it detached. He let it fall back again. When he looked back up, August was staring blankly ahead once more fingers peeking over part of the blanket, forehead lightly furrowed. Gwen moved forwards, mirroring August's approach from earlier. He didn't stop until their knees touched. He pulled up some of the blanket until it covered more of August's neck, and noticed the fine vibrations shifting a lock of damp hair. August was still shivering, likely hadn't stopped. "'Oh, August,' Gwen said, more to himself. He placed a tentative hand on August's shoulder, and felt the trembling move through his hand. He squeezed his fingers lightly and let go again. He was no good in these situations. But, he supposed, August had asked him questions, and he could answer them properly. I suppose I... Yes, I have liberated Faye before, and not told anyone about it. It was something I... The pixie was the first time. It was the first time that I realized that these ancient tales, these handful of sentences, could have something like a real impact in the world. And the idea of a pixie forced to live in the dark like that. I didn't want it to be true. After that, I looked for other tales of prisoners of war thrown into internal prisons, and I... Gwen spread his fingers out on the bedspread before him and saw smears of blood on them, painting his fingertips, his knuckles, the back of his hand. He swallowed. You were the first prisoner I have ever taken. I always thought how absurd it was that I attained this reputation as a fierce warrior and strategist, when everyone could plainly see that I had a large, easily exploitable weakness, I never took prisoners of war in battle. You killed them instead, August said, and Gwen's head snapped up. He hadn't realized that August could hear him. It was hard to tell with that blank expression, the shivering. To be fair, that's still quite intimidating. I imagine you were right. August wrapped his arms more tightly around himself, and let his eyes wander around the room. They seemed to alight on no particular item, just catalogued and moved on again. Gwen had seen soldiers do that before, after a difficult time, reminding themselves where they were. "'If you ever do that to me again,' August said, looking over at the window, "'I'll kill you.' Gwen knew that wasn't an idle threat. 
I'll not permit anyone to force me down into the dock like that again, August said, turning his slow gaze back to Gwen's. And Gwen heard certainty, but he knew that if someone stronger than August truly desired it, August could be overpowered, even if he was exceptionally powerful. Gwen was certain that he could do it himself. He wondered if August never talked about these experiences, because it meant he would have to share his vulnerabilities and risk being exploited. He hadn't even told Ash. Pitch doesn't remember a great deal, Gwen offered, and August hummed. How fortunate for him. Minutes passed, and Gwen waited, only to see August bow in more tightly on himself. Your curiosity to know the details is offensive, August muttered. The words were slightly slurred. He sounded tired. Ash was the same. Why must you always go where you are clearly not wanted? Gwen smiled bitterly. He had to go home every day as a child and teenager when he wasn't on tour or in the middle of a campaign, and that was probably why he was so good at it now. It is not an unnatural thing to want to know, Gwen said, and frowned. I do understand this. You are only wrong-footed because you are not doing it to others for once. You were tired, August. I didn't realize how tired you were. You said once that you have trouble sleeping. Don't, August said, glaring at him. Don't. Gwen said nothing, and August blinked at him, dark smudges of fatigue under his eyes. He looked nothing like the healthy water horse that Gwen had seen earlier. Something had bled away from August in a very short space of time. August stifled a yawn, and then chuckled to himself, as though something had amused him. It was odd, seeing him like this, as though a wall had been removed, or a filter was missing. If only I had been a handful of lines in some fairy tale. Perhaps he would have looked for me, August said, and then laughed again, the voice a deep, despairing jag that made something in Gwen's chest twist hard. <laughs> you found me too late, Gwen. Far too late. I was only good for a war when you found me. And look at you. You broke all your pretty rules about not taking any prisoners of war. Are you proud? Does it make you proud? Gwen swallowed. It did not. August's shivering increased in severity until there were full-body trembles, and Gwen reached out a hand to rest it on August's back, when August flung back the blanket and glared hatred at him. "'Get out!' August said. "'You have no right to see me like this.' Gwen didn't want to leave August alone like this. He seemed... unstable. But Gwen also thought that after what he'd just done, forcing August into the dark just to check whether he was lying, he owed him this much. He got off the bed, tired himself, and wished he could say something that would help. But there was nothing to say, and August wouldn't want to hear it from him anyway. He left and closed the door behind him, pausing to take several deep breaths before walking away down the corridor. It was only as he passed the last stained-glass window in the hall that he stopped completely and turned back to look at the closed door in the distance. He did not feel comfortable leaving August alone. He leaned against the windowsill and waited in the dimness of late twilight, his mind full of many thoughts. Slowly his mind crept into the space it found when he was hunting and needed to stay still for long periods of time. It wasn't a quiet space, but it wasn't too uncomfortable, and he let the time pass him by. He thought on the red deer he had met earlier. He thought on how long it had been since he hunted, and carefully avoided thinking about why he had been avoiding it. After half an hour had passed, 
he walked back to August's door and knocked on it softly. August? Gwen called out. There was no answer. Gwen paused, concerned, and then opened the door gently, poking his head into the room. August was slumped on the bed. He must have pulled the blanket back over himself, and he lay, face down, breathing slowly and deeply. One arm was tucked alongside his body, and his other was stretched out, blood-stained fingers curled slightly into the bedspread. Gwen blinked to see him like that, and stepped into the room, unable to leave. He closed the door behind himself again, and walked over to the bed, looking down at August's face in repose. He looked strangely innocent in sleep. The confident and often smug lines around his eyes, the smirk around his mouth, they were gone. His eyelashes were black smudges that cast shadows over the shadows beneath his eyes. His mouth was relaxed. His hair curled around his face, the waterweed a lush, rich green. Gwen wondered if it hurt to cut the waterweed, as it was a living plant, not dead keratin. He reached out and smoothed a hand down one of the strands absently, and August sighed. Gwen froze, but August only seemed to settle further into the bed, stretching one of his bent legs out. Gwen repeated the gesture. August's hair was thick, more mane than hair. Gwen got on to the other side of the bed, reluctant to leave August to his nightmares, after the experience he'd forced on him. It was probably the wrong thing to do. August would likely be upset when he awoke, but Gwen would weather that. Gwen lay down on his side, the right way up on the bed. He rested his head on pillows that were no longer damp, because August had refitted them all with a thin, water-fay fabric. He couldn't see August's face from where he lay. He closed his eyes and settled down onto the bed, wondering if August would ever tell him about what had happened. There was no warning. One moment Gwen's thoughts were drifting in the doze that many fay could enter into when they wanted to rest, but not sleep. The next, August shrieked an awful, terrible sound, the full weight of his water-horse voice behind it. The voice vibrated terror through the very room, and Gwen jerked up, startled and panicked, only to see August clawing the blanket off himself. "'Light! Light!' August cried out, and though his eyes were open, his pupils were almost entirely covering his irises, and he didn't seem to know where he was. "'Light!' The rest of the sounds that August made were panicked, frightened things that spilled out of his mouth on every breath. His face was a rictus of fear, teeth bared. Gwen lunged off the bed, to the door, and turned on the overhead light. The room wasn't dark, there were lamps, and Gwen didn't even know if the overhead light would be enough. He rushed back to August's side immediately, who had, in response to the light appearing overhead, pressed his face into the bed and covered his head with his hands. "'I'll do anything,' August said, voice thin and desperate. "'August,' Gwen said, frightened. He placed both his hands on August's shoulders, and August jerked beneath him, shrank under the touch. "'August, it's Gwen.' "'I just would like not to be left in the dark anymore,' August said, his voice smaller than Gwen had ever heard it. August turned his head to the side, a little, and stared up at Gwen through tear-glazed eyes. His face screwed up when he saw who it was, and he pressed his face down into the blankets again. "'I told you to leave.' August said, but his voice was still fragile, and Gwen clambered onto the bed, tucking the blanket around him again. I couldn't leave. Gwen sat down next to him and pressed an arm around August's side, pulling him closer unconsciously. I heard disturbing things today. I don't like any of this. What could he have told you if he doesn't remember anything? August said, voice rising in distress. 
he didn't seem to mind gwen's arm and so gwen tightened his grip and leaned over august wishing he could cover him from whatever it was that tormented him he knew he couldn't but he couldn't help himself and you know enough don't you forcing those shadows into me doing what he did how clever you must have felt how clever you were doing gwen's eyes had widened august what he said pitch hadn't made any mention that august had been possessed by the shadows before oh don't pretend you didn't know august choked shuddering and by the seventh time possessed by those things i august what are you talking about seven times pitch said he wouldn't have survived a third possession august started to laugh it was a despairing sound gwen felt horror stick thick in his throat it tasted like bile and he swallowed it down did he august's voice was wet did he oh that's what you think that's what you become sure of after the second time you think you'll not survive it again after all this darkness comes in and takes your mind away and leaves you in an abyss so deep it cannot be fathomed and when it leaves you there's there are parts of you missing you feel it as though vertebrae and ribs and joints had been removed and you were still expected to function to be somehow whole after the second time you do think it will kill you the terror sinks in you do not want it to ever happen again august shifted so that he was bracing himself on gwen's folded legs his forehead pushed into gwen's chin and that is when you will do anything august gagged and his body convulsed and then he tensed for several long seconds before gasping for breath gwen pulled him closer and the way august went with the movement worried him as much as the words themselves seven times gwen said staring down at august eyes wide how long an hour is long enough august shouted and then laughed <laughs> but two weeks four weeks sometimes i would come back and be in a different place and i wouldn't <laughs> i wouldn't remember what i'd done i'll never remember and he August laughed, and the sound turned into a wave of silent sobs. Gwen reached up with one of his hands and tangled it in August's hair, feeling his breathing come faster. He knew August was scared of the dark, knew he was terrified of the living shadows. But it had simply never occurred to him that the Nightmare King might force possession upon him, let alone so many times. But it had to be worth it, August muttered, his voice suddenly calm, deeper. It had to be. I think of Ash going through a day of that, and I... Gwen laid down carefully, pushing himself down on the bed and bending his knees, pulling August into him. August tensed again, then went limp. You want to know what else he did? August said, voice weak. I know, I know you do. I'll tell you what to do. Brainstorm a list of things you can imagine the Nightmare King doing to someone, and underline everything, and bring that to me, and I'll tell you what you've missed. August, Gwen said. I was only Antifei, August whispered. I was nothing to him. But my reputation had been growing, and perhaps he heard of me and thought that he had a kindred spirit. I do not... I don't... Perhaps that's what I hoped. I don't... Remember. I sent him away. I compelled him away. He was offensive. But he came back. 
Gwen pulled August closer, and August pressed his head into Gwen's arm. August seemed to be focusing on his breathing. He would inhale, pause, and then exhale with the forced, shaky slowness of someone trying to calm himself down. August felt slight beneath him. It was horribly easy to imagine him as an underfay, concerned for his brother, as he would be, and attempting to stand up to what he couldn't have known was one of the most formidable and lethal villains either kingdom had ever seen. August would have had no idea. Gwen had felt the strength of the Nightmare King himself, experienced a single nightmare at his hands, experienced his ability to drive fear into the hearts of those who looked at him. Gwen shuddered. August's breathing was starting to become shallow, and Gwen felt a wave of dread move through him. "'Don't disappear,' Gwen whispered. "'Please.' "'I want to,' August said, his voice faint. "'Let me. It's never for very long.' But Gwen knew that it could be a long time. He knew that August didn't think a few hours was a long time to be lost in Catatonia. He didn't think Catatonia was good for anyone. He raised his hand and folded it around August's head, tilting his head up so he could see his expression. Already, August was staring blankly at some point on Gwen's collarbone. August. August didn't respond. He was lost already, breathing shallow but even, gaze blank. Gwen stared at him, dismayed, and then leaned forwards and pressed a gentle kiss mouth closed against his lips. It was barely more than a light touch. "'I'm sorry,' he whispered. "'I should have let you have your lie.' When he pulled back, August was staring at him. It gave Gwen a jolt to see him alert already, and he realized that August hadn't sunk as deep as he thought he had. "'Yes,' August said. "'You should have.' His fingers shifted on August's head absently, he frowned. "'You're not very good at comforting someone, are you?' August said, voice very crisp, given how quiet it was. The words were designed to be cutting, and Gwen, not prepared for them, felt them as a blow. "'No, I—' Gwen closed his eyes briefly. August was right, of course. "'You're correct. And you did say—' "'I know I shouldn't have come back.' I don't have a right to see you like this. Quinn pushed himself upright quickly, started to ease off the bed, when he felt a hand encircle his wrist. He paused and looked back. August was staring at him, his expression unfathomable. Seconds passed, and then August tugged on his wrist again, indicating that he should come back. He said nothing, but there was something in August's eyes that indicated that he hadn't meant it. August frowned and tugged again, more insistently. When Gwen came back, August kept tugging until Gwen lay down, stilted, next to him. "'You stayed while I slept,' August murmured. "'How very stalker-esque of you.' Gwen grimaced. "'I was concerned.' "'Sleep is a very threatening state, after all,' August mocked, and then stroked a finger down Gwen's chest, through his blood-stained shirt. "'Kiss me again.' Gwen blinked at him. But August didn't seem to be laying a trap, and so Gwen leaned forwards. He kept his lips closed once more, didn't want to turn it into something sexual, simply wanted to feel the texture of August's lips against his. He made soft, gentle contact, and withdrew slightly, before doing it again, lingering. 
Algus opened his mouth beneath Gwen's, and Gwen drew backwards, licking his lips and feeling uncomfortable. It is odd, Algus said, reaching up and tracing Gwen's lips with the tips of his fingers. Gwen's eyes widened at the contact. He shifted back, and Algus lowered his hand. But I think that actually comes quite naturally to you. Gwen said nothing, and Algus pushed himself upright and pressed a closed mouth to Gwen's. He stayed for several seconds, kept his eyes on Gwen's, and then dragged his lips sideways so he could kiss the side of his mouth. When he dragged his lips back, Gwen became aware that he was breathing faster. He withdrew again, and August stared at him. Sometimes I wonder, Gwen, who you actually are. Gwen blinked at him, and then shook his head. I don't know what you mean. You fuck like a draught horse in heat, but you kiss like... August's lips quirked into a half-smile, and he pushed himself up, letting the blanket fall off his shoulders. Turn over. Gwen's mouth fell open, and he shook his head. August, after the night you've just had, and— No, August said, shifting on the bed with a litheness that belied the shaking and fragility from earlier. He slid open a drawer and withdrew a small vial of lubricant, holding it up, an unashamed gleam in his green eyes. If you don't want me to fall into nothingness, at least let me have this. Gwen realized that August was serious, and he remembered also that August had tried to reassert his dominance before. Gwen had denied him last time, deeply uncomfortable, but would it help? August raised a single, arched brow, and then moved forwards and grasped Gwen's jaw between his fingers, and sucked his bottom lip into his mouth. Gwen made a small noise of shock, and August hummed in appreciation, slanting his mouth over Gwen's and sliding his tongue inside. Gwen didn't kiss back right away, still surprised. August's breath huffed against him, a sign of his amusement and then he slid his fingers up into Gwen's hair and thrust his tongue deep, swallowing Gwen's moan and smoothing his thumb over Gwen's ear. When August withdrew, Gwen's mouth stayed open. He licked the taste of August from inside of his mouth, and shivered when he saw the way August was looking at him. "'Normally I tell you to strip,' August said. "'But your clothing's already a mess, so this won't matter, will it? Turn over.' Gwen hated how quickly it came over him, the desire to do what August said, to obey. He looked at August one more time, checking, uncertain if this was going to make things worse, and then pushed himself onto his stomach. He winced as his hip made contact with the bed. August placed a hand on the back of Gwen's pants and pulled hard, exposing Gwen's ass to the air. Gwen ground his teeth together and resisted the urge to turn around and push August off the bed. "'You like submitting,' August said, "'but you don't like this position, I've noticed.' August pulled Gwen's pants until they were tangled around an ankle, and left them. He placed his hands on Gwen's thighs and pulled his legs apart, moving into the space between them. He then folded his hands around Gwen's hips, his left hand careful not to press directly into the wounds he'd created earlier. He lifted, and Gwen frowned. "'Up,' August said. "'Arch up for me.' Gwen bent his spine, pushed himself up so that he was braced on his knees, though he didn't get up properly onto all fours. He did not like that position. August smoothed his hand up Gwen's thighs until one could feather a too light touch across his balls, and the other could palm him. He wasn't hard yet, but if August kept touching him like that... August's other hand trailed down and stroked the inside of his thigh over and over again, and Gwen pressed his face into the blankets, because it felt good, because his face was flushing with a mix of embarrassment and arousal. 
the room was thick with the scent of blood and the aftermath of august fear move your head to the side so i can hear you august said command thick in his voice even though it was obvious he was still tired gwen hesitated and august's hands paused on his skin gwen thought about how he was still wounded from earlier how easy it would be for august to do that again and how much he didn't want to disappoint he turned his head reluctantly to the side and august's hands returned colder than usual but warming up with the contact is this helping gwen said and august slid along his back until he could nose the side of gwen's head he took gwen's wrist and moved it out a little then pressed it into the bed sighing fucking the king of the city court always helps i find gwen rolled his eyes august slid back squeezing gwen's wrist almost affectionately before sliding his hands down gwen's side and ending up back between his legs he moved one hand away opened the vial and gwen turned his head back into the bed without even thinking about it gwen august said a warning gwen realized what he'd done and turned his head to the side again gritting his teeth together august's fingers slid slick over his ass and then dipped between stroking with an almost idle curiosity gwen swallowed down the noise that caught in his throat and felt a tension along the top of his spine the back of his neck he didn't want to disappoint august but he felt exposed you have your way of dealing with things and i have mine august said gwen opened his mouth to comment on august's way of dealing with things when he felt a finger push and then press inside breaching him he opened his mouth on a breath fists tightening into the bedspread he was sensitive it had been some time since august had taken him and that gwen groaned when august started moving his finger in and out in a slow compelling rhythm his other hand curled around and was teasing the base of his cock it was an idle relaxed touch there was no rhythm to that but still the combined contact along with august leaning over his lower back caused warmth to spike through him and he started to get hard his head started to twist back towards the blankets and august stopped all movement again you just can't help it can you august murmured as gwen forced his head back fuck you are tight open for me gwen relax gwen's mouth opened on a sharp inhale when august pressed back with two fingers there was a stretch a burn and gwen's brow furrowed as august pushed deeper hands stroking teasing lines up and down his cock the contact was not enough not enough to distract him from what august was doing and august must have known it gwen august crooned amused what do you want gwen blinked confused finding it hard to tear away from the focal point of august's fingers moving deeper inside him he didn't know what he wanted he couldn't recall august ever asking him the question before i don't know gwen said and august paused then took gwen's cock in a firm grip and stroked him firmly easily gwen started to moan stifled it when he realized that august could hear everything august removed his hand from gwen's cock again frustrating him with the lack of contact he moved so that he was no longer between gwen's legs shifting so that he could slide up gwen's body again fingers pushing deeper automatically with the shift gwen's mouth opened on a silent moan august rested his head alongside gwen's and looked at him kiss me august said the way you do it gwen tried to concentrate august's fingers were deep inside of him they shifted from time to time there was nothing rhythmic about it but every movement snagged his concentration and made him painfully aware that at some point soon august was going to fuck him again that at some point 
That had become something he allowed, even wanted. It wasn't even something he was supposed to let happen at all. He leaned forwards to distract himself from his thoughts and pressed shaking lips to August, keeping his mouth closed, rubbing his lips back and forth the way August had earlier. He carefully drew August's bottom lip between his and held it there. It felt good, and August let him, didn't push for anything else. But August did withdraw his fingers and push back firmly, and the breath exploded out of Gwen's lungs. His eyes flew open, and August was watching him, something hungry on his face. "'Keep kissing me,' August said, and Gwen shivered. His body felt taut, but a heat was spreading through him, and it was becoming harder to focus. He leaned forwards and grunted when August started fucking him with his fingers. "'Again!' "'August,' Gwen groaned, and August smiled against his lips. "'Again,' August said. Gwen pressed his lips to August and cried out when August slid his fingers back and deliberately stretched Gwen's entrance. He shifted his legs unconsciously, felt an ache blossom in the base of his spine. "'Gwen, concentrate,' August said, and Gwen could hear the indulgent smile in his voice. Gwen kissed August clumsily, aware of the fingers moving almost constantly now, aware of how hard he was. He shifted on the bed, tried to make himself more comfortable, and only succeeded in making himself aware of the heat that was growing inside of him. His mouth opened on a gasp when August added a third finger, the tip sliding in, and he turned his head into the blankets and cried out. August withdrew his fingers immediately, leaving Gwen feeling empty, wanting. "'Gwen,' August said, and Gwen shook his head. August wanted him to be vocal, but Gwen had never felt comfortable doing that either. He hadn't realized that August would want him to do so many things that he found uncomfortable. "'Turn your head back. Kiss me.' Gwen turned his head to the side again, and August's fingers returned immediately, stroking outside his entrance. Gwen's lips thinned. "'You're doing this on purpose,' Gwen said, voice deep, and August blinked at him with a faux innocence, and then smirked. "'Kiss me again,' August coaxed. Gwen lifted his hand where it was pressed against the bed, and touched the underside of August's jaw pleased when he heard a single exhale less even than the rest. He kissed August gently, and then moaned against his mouth when August slid two fingers back into him completely, followed by the tip of the third, playing around his entrance. "'August,' Gwen said, and August hummed against his mouth, kissing back. He licked his way into Gwen's mouth, and then traced a slow, firm circle over Gwen's tongue as he pushed his third finger inside. Gwen's voice broke, and August swallowed each sound he made, each shaking exhale, each noise that Gwen wanted to hide. He wanted August inside of him. He wanted to come. He didn't want August's mouth to leave his. He opened his mouth wider, and August made a noise of approval and kissed him deeply, a thorough claiming that stole Gwen's breath and left him feeling boneless, stuck to the bed. August withdrew and gazed at him, a sleepy lust in his eyes. "'Don't push your face back into the blankets again,' August said. He pressed his lips to Gwen's, a lingering, closed-mouth touch that finished with a swipe of tongue against his lips, and then August slid back down again, moving between his legs. Gwen didn't know what he expected, as he lay, dazed and wanting, but he didn't expect August to withdraw his fingers and then simply push into him without slicking himself up. Gwen cried out a sound of shock at the stretch of it, the suddenness. August was stroking soothing lines down the outside of his thigh, but still pushing deeper. Gwen was trying to catch his breath, but it had been a long time, and August didn't pause, didn't wait for him to catch up, 
only took what he wanted. Before August had already pushed all the way inside of him, the ache in his lower back spread, and Gwen fisted the blankets with both of his hands. He started to turn his head back into the blankets, only to be stopped by a hand fisting up in his hair and pushing down. "'I want to hear you,' August snapped. It was too much, and Gwen groaned as August settled, his hips flush against his ass, hand stroking his thigh with firm, reassuring movements. The hand in his hair withdrew and came back, grasping his hip, fingers caressing his skin. August shifted, flexed, and Gwen felt full, consumed. He gasped for breath, and August patted his hip with something that was almost affection before his fingers dug bruises into the skin. August withdrew almost the whole way out, plunged back in, friction of flare of heat and nerves and almost pain that started where August was buried inside of him and ended at his neck. August's rhythm was fast and precise, each downstroke ending with the same twist of his hips, each withdrawal dragging back on a lilt and making it harder for Gwen to catch his breath, before August returned and stole it from him again. The hand on his thigh tugged his leg further out, until he felt it as another ache, tendons pulling tight. "'Good,' August said, sounding entirely too even and smooth for Gwen's liking, given that he was finding it harder and harder to keep his voice under control. August sounded like he knew exactly how good it was. "'Yes!' Gwen cried out, and moaned softly when August dragged his palm from the back of Gwen's thigh, over his ass, and then down his ribs in one long, firm stroke. "'Don't stop!' "'I have no intention of stopping,' August said, as though he was offended at the very thought. After that, August didn't speak, focusing on what he was doing, dragging Gwen's focus along with him. And Gwen, aware that this was happening in August's bed, in his rooms, in Gwen's palace, found his mind dizzied and hung onto the bed, beyond wondering if it was helping August, taken up with the sparks and whirls of light that were flashing behind his eyelids. The light wasn't too close, but it was closer. It was always brought closer at times like this. It was a cascade of energy rippling up close to his skin. It turned everything to heat and a pulsing light that seemed snagged on every one of August's movements. Gwen realized that if August kept this up, he was going to come without a hand on his cock. And August didn't seem to want him to last, didn't seem interested in holding him back. August shifted his hand under Gwen's shirt and pinched his nipple, slammed deep, rolling his hips. Gwen shouted, sensation cresting in him, a sharp point that overwhelmed. He came, August holding him firmly in place as his hips strained through the movements of it. His legs shook from it, and August rubbed at the healing marks on his chest, came back and grazed his nipple with the edge of his claws, said nothing as Gwen whimpered. Before the aftershocks were over, August had started moving again. Deep, short thrusts that undulated inside of him. And Gwen, tight again from the strength of his release, whined and started to pull away, oversensitive. Immediately August pulled him back, fingers curling around his shoulder, his hips. "'I said,' August said, voice still even, "'that I had no intention of stopping, didn't I?' "'Oh, gods,' Gwen thought. "'August,' Gwen said, pleading. "'Come now, Gwen, it's not so bad. He'll catch up eventually.' The thrust continued, picking up pace, and Gwen heard his voice break, closed his mouth around the sounds that wanted to tumble forth. But the pace was too fast, even rough, and the sounds came anyway, finding their way out when Gwen had to catch his breath, struggled to gasp around the hugeness of what he felt. Minutes passed, and Gwen felt that he was just hanging on, his fingers sore where they clutched the bed, his legs aching from how spread they were. At one point he'd gone to move them, and August had tightened his grip, a clear indication that Gwen was supposed to keep them spread. His pants were still tangled around his ankle, 
His shirt was still stuck to certain places on his chest, and August hadn't stripped at all, shirt fluttering against the top of his ass, one side of the hem of August's pants occasionally buffeting against his balls. Gwen whined, and August chuckled to hear the sound, sneaking his fingers up to the collar of Gwen's shirt and rubbing at his throat. August's hand trailed down again as he changed the pace once more, longer, smoother strokes, and he dragged the pads of his fingers through the cum on Gwen's belly, catching the warmth until he could wrap his fingers around Gwen's cock and start moving in time with the rhythm. Gwen forgot that he was supposed to be keeping his head turned to the side, his face pressed down into the mattress, and he choked a series of sounds. "'I want to hear you,' August said, his voice a little ragged now, lacking the smoothness of before. The hand around his cock tightened to the point of pain, and Gwen, reluctant, obedient, moved his head to the side. Immediately, August went back to stroking him, and Gwen husked out a cry that was as wrecked as he felt. August made a sound of approval in response. Gwen didn't know how much time passed before he started to get hard again, lost in the sparks of feeling that rippled along his body, that turned his spine into a conductor. He moved his own hips backwards involuntarily, and then August encouraged him to keep doing it, the hand on his hip guiding him until Gwen followed August's rhythm. He didn't know how much time passed from getting hard to feeling like he could come again, but it was a time punctuated with his body being rocked against the bed and August confident and breathing growing louder above him, a sign that he was getting close as well. He half expected August to say something as he felt himself wind up once more, his muscles coiling with tension. But August said nothing at all, his breathing occasionally punctuated with the odd, low sound of pleasure that reminded Gwen of just how in control he still was. This wasn't the August he had taken apart with slow movements and caresses, this was the August who stayed relatively detached, the pleasure and afterthought building inside of him. Gwen, by contrast, felt raw, exposed, stripped down. The friction and heat of August inside of him consumed his thoughts. His voice deserted him towards the end, as he needed the air more than anything. That was when he knew he was going to come again, a pierce of heat spreading a painful pleasure through him, starting at his cock, drawing up in his balls. He managed the beginning of August's name three times before finally saying it, a weak acknowledgment. When he came the second time, the light was a pinwheel of sparks whirling throughout his entire body. August stroked him through it, murmuring something that Gwen didn't catch through the thundering race of his own blood. August abruptly let go of his cock and roughly wiped Gwen's cum off his hand, smearing it onto Gwen's belly. He jerked Gwen's shirt up, hiking it up over his back, and then withdrew quickly, roughly, Gwen's voice breaking at the movement. August moaned quietly, and Gwen's eyes opened in realization when he felt the movement of August jerking himself off over Gwen's back. At the first stripe of hot fluid over Gwen's spine, they both moaned. Gwen slumped down to the bed, and August came on his back, one hand still holding his hip. When August was done, he paused for a few moments to catch his breath, and then idly dragged his fingers through the cum on Gwen's skin. Gwen was shocked, exhausted. He couldn't quite believe that August had done that didn't know what he felt about it. He'd wanted to feel August come inside of him, but there was something oddly compelling about the way August dragged his fingers through his own release, reminding Gwen of what he'd done. "'You are a mess,' August purred, and then surged up over Gwen's body and pulled his head back with the cum-covered fingers that tangled in his hair, slanting his mouth over Gwen's, and licking up sensuously over his teeth, his tongue, the roof of his mouth. Gwen was already out of breath when August started, and his eyes were closed and his mouth slack when August stopped him, lying alongside him. Gwen didn't move when he felt August cover them both with the blanket. His body was sticky with sweat and cum and blood, but he didn't want to move, just yet. "'I can't believe you did that,' Gwen managed, 
and August laughed deep in his chest. <laughs> You'll let me do it again, August said, and Gwen closed his mouth around a denial that he knew was a lie. Did it help? Gwen said, and August didn't reply. Gwen opened his eyes, and August was watching him, a quiet, sober expression on his face. It helped, August said, but there was something off about the statement, something not quite true in it. Maybe it had helped in the moment, but August still looked worn and disturbed behind that serious gaze. Gwen reached out with a tired hand and found August's arm beneath the blanket. He squeezed his wrist in what he hoped was reassurance and watched him. None of that now, August said, moving his arm away, eyebrows knitting together. Am I doing it wrong? Gwen said, confused. August stared at him, incredulous, and then sighed. Gwen, this... August looked up at the ceiling briefly, and then his mouth twisted. Ash couldn't help. What makes you think that you... He didn't finish. What makes you think that you could? Gwen told himself that those words didn't hurt, because there was nothing that would ever compare to how August felt for his brother. Nothing. And he could expect no good feeling from August at all. This civility, whatever it was that they had, it was unexpected. Gwen knew it was wrong to mistake it for anything other than what it was. Ash, though, August said softly. Once I had them, I didn't know what to do with them. Gwen narrowed his eyes in confusion. He had no idea what August was talking about. August looked down at the bed and then drew a pillow down, pulling the blanket up over his shoulders. He shook his head and smiled at some private joke. It was a bitter smile. Ash took some of the darkness and managed to still be Ash. And for a brief, for a while, that left me with more questions than answers. Gwen held still, careful not to break the spell that seemed to have charmed August into talking about any of this. He was also surprised at what August was revealing, that he would compare himself to Ash in that way, when it was so obvious that the only reason that Ash and the Nain Rouge weren't taken over and possessed by the shadows was because they had knowingly received them. It was obvious, from what had happened to Pitch, to August, that when they were forced upon someone, the shadows took over whatever consciousness existed and dragged it down, shoved it away. He knew I was in trouble, August said, smiling up at Gwen. He came back, and I was not prepared. I had... I had not... Faustin. The Nightmare King's return, Gwen confirmed, and August's gaze became vague, and then snapped back to the present. Did he hurt you again? At first, no. He only indicated that he knew of my fear, and that he was pleased I remembered him so well. I fell into a role I'd fallen into a long time ago, and... Ash noticed. He interfered. The Nightmare King noticed Ash. I couldn't tolerate. It was intolerable. I had to do something, I suppose. He did hurt you again, Gwen said, angry at the thought, and August bristled, tensed. He pushed himself upright and started to move away, and Gwen reached out quickly, stopped him with a hand on his hip. Are you done? August said, voice sharp. I'm done, Gwen said. Push me on this, and I will. I'm done, Gwen said again. I... What? August said, staring at him with a coldness that reminded Gwen that he was in too deep. 
He only wanted to help, and August wanted his freedom. Ash. Other things. Ben moved his hand up August's side and rested his hand over his ribs. I could kiss you again, Gwen said, wanting to wince at himself as soon as he said it. You— August opened his mouth, ready to say something cutting, and then seemed to think the better of it. His expression cleared of its coldness, and his eyes held something quieter, uncertain. You like it, Gwen said. I don't really know why. August swallowed, and then leaned forwards, watching Gwen with lidded eyes. Go on, then, August said, a quiet challenge in his voice. Gwen reached up with the hand that was under the blanket, and stroked the pulse he could see moving steadily at August's neck. His fingers crept up and curved along the underside of August's ear. He stroked slowly, not just gently, and August's mouth tightened, as though he was offended that Gwen had affected him. He pressed his lips against August, and closed his eyes to avoid that critical gaze. He stroked his fingers back down August's neck, and traced his collarbone with a slow, measured pace. He startled when he found his hand stilled. August had grabbed him roughly by the wrist. "'You're learning,' August said, and Gwen stared at him. "'I want to,' he said. "'Why?' Gwen's chest tightened. "'Why?' He wanted to. He liked August. His heart twisted up into a complicated mess about it, and he couldn't afford to think about it much, but— He leaned forward and kissed August again, not wanting to confront things that were too complex for him to unravel. August kept his hand on his wrist, but Gwen didn't care, lingering against his lips. He liked the way August's breath fell against his skin. August went to withdraw after the second kiss, and Gwen followed the movement, using August's grip on his wrist to push August back into the bed. He leaned over him, pressing gentle, chaste kisses to his lips, one after the other. He became aware of August's growing discomfort and kissed his way up to August's cheek. "'If you want, I'll blood oath it,' Gwen said, voice rough. I'll blood oath never to do that to you again. August inhaled sharply, and Gwen kissed his way back down August's cheek again. August believed in blood oaths, and through that, Gwen could offer something that might actually help. Not only that, he didn't ever want to see August in the dark again. And he hadn't needed to to defeat him once. Even if there was ever a way that August could spiral out of control again, Gwen would not do that to him. Not again. You really would, August said, thoughtful and when Gwen pressed a kiss to the side of his mouth, August sighed. His whole body went lax, and Gwen only then realized how much tension August had still been holding in his body. It came as a shock, and he moved his wrist out of August's fingers and reached up to stroke his palm down August's hair. "'I would,' Gwen said, withdrawing. "'I could oath it right now.' He didn't want to, though. Not yet. He was sore, tired, and August was tugging him down, encouraging him to rest, when Gwen rested his head properly against a pillow, August reached out and tugged on a loose lock of Gwen's hair. It sprang back into place, and August watched it, an unfathomable expression on his face once more. "'Not right now,' August said, pensive. "'It doesn't have to be right now. You should rest.' "'And you,' Gwen said, and August smiled a quiet agreement. After several uncertain minutes passed, August closed his eyes and tugged Gwen closer. Gwen sensed the turbulence beneath the surface of August, but it was held at bay, and Gwen was long familiar with internal discordance. He rested his hand against August's chest, 
felt the thump of his heart. He felt his own heart beat slow in response to feeling that lazy beat. He closed his eyes, fisting August's shirt into his hand. He was sleepy and surprised when August started quietly stroking fingers through Gwen's hair. The touch was soothing, calming, and when Gwen sighed at how warm it felt, August pressed closer and pushed his head underneath Gwen's cheek, burrowing between his face and the pillow. Rest, August said again, voice muffled. Gwen nodded, a doze stealing over him before he could form a response.